1: What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Locked on Vikings. I'm your host, your pal, and the kid you copied off in math class. My name is Luke Braun, and this is your daily source of Minnesota Vikings news, analysis, and thought experiments. You can always find this show on iTunes or Podbean or Stitcher, wherever you find your podcasts. But if you're lazy or if you listen in the car and you don't want to be digging through your phone because that's dangerous, you can always just ask your smart device to play podcast locked on vikings it'll bring you right to the most recent episode so we have a little bit of news to talk about today or at least some rumors a little bit more coming out of the combine and now that we are approaching the start of the new league year which we're going to cross next week things are really going to start to heat up here So starting with the more concrete and yet a little bit smaller news, but nothing is too small to cover here on Locked on Vikings, Uh, the Vikings kept a couple of their exclusive rights-free agents. They gave them a couple offer sheets, and it looks like uh, they are going to be Vikings in 2019. The first is CJ Ham, the fullback, and the second is Matt Weil, the punter. And this makes sense. Both guys had pretty solid years. They come in both at $645,000 each. That is peanuts uh, in the grand scheme of an NFL salary cap. And it's basically a no brainer decision. I mean, CJ Ham was one of the better pass blocking fullbacks in the league, and and I think he was also an asset in the run game. He was an asset as an outlet receiver. I think with the ball in his hands, he can do a lot more damage than you usually expect from fullbacks, and we saw that a little bit sometimes in the preseason, but a little bit in the regular season as well. Uh, And in terms of Matt Weil, I kind of find that interesting. If you remember when we talked about uh, Marwan Malouf, And his kind of different style, you know, those Miami special teams units were a lot more aggressive. They were a lot, you know, those punters would boom the ball a lot further downfield and maybe not get as much hang time, but it would be a kind of more risk-reward thing because if you could cover that punt, you'd get more net distance. Uh, And while the Vikings, you know, they would just boom one up high and you'd never get a punt return and you wouldn't quite get as much distance, but you'd never risk, you know, somebody ripping off a giant punt return on you. And I was curious to see if Marwan Maloof, coming from that more aggressive system in Miami, would you know, shirk Matt Weil and kind of get rid of this hang time guy and try to go get a big leg punter. But it turns out that the Vikings are going to hang on to Weil. And now that doesn't mean that they might not, you know, they might pick up a punter in undrafted free agency, maybe like a camp competition or something. And it's all, you know, we'll see how it all shakes out. It's far from over, but that's the first step towards saying, all right, yeah, no, I like how the Vikings do this and and we're going to, you know, execute this the way they want to execute this. Uh, And that might color, you know, the other special teams decisions elsewhere uh, on the roster, not only with the specialists, but with some of these backup guys too, and like who ends up making the team in August. Moving on to something maybe a little bit more consequential, but perhaps less substantive because it's still just kind of a rumor, uh, but on the radio show, Bumper to Bumper, Lunani, you know, the old legendary Minnesota North Star hockey personality, uh, and I believe he's friends with Mike Zimmer as well, they definitely have similar personalities, uh, said that the Vikings are going to re-sign Sheldon Richardson. Now that's obviously, I mean, how much he knows and how much of an inside perspective he has is up to a lot of debate. So, you know, take that with like the, the same grain of salt you would take, uh, any other like claim to have an inside sources type of report. But it kind of makes sense because over the last few days, you know, we've seen a lot of reports that, you know, Anthony Barr is 95% out the door, And that, you know, they're trying to shop Waynes and and shop Griffin and, and clear all this cap space, but you haven't heard a lot about Sheldon Richardson, and it seems like if they're trying to save money everywhere but Sheldon Richardson, it would only make sense that some of that money would go toward him. That would be, I mean, I've talked a whole bunch about how much I would like that move, I think he is... Uh, one of the better three techs that the Vikings have available to them right now, unless they were to hit huge in the draft, but there's a ton of risk associated with that. And you have to make the Sheldon decision first. You can't wait to see if you got a rookie first. So it all you know, remains to be seen. But that is another source of potential optimism for at least one of the departing un- uh, unrestricted free agents to return to the Vikings, and and I think, you know, as, as all of the off-season stuff that I've done, I've always advocated retention. The Vikings have a star-studded roster. They have a ton of talent and a lot of players that are worth hanging on to. They should try to hang on to as many as they possibly can, and if that's not everybody, then that's, you know, kind of what you get when you play the, the salary cap the way the Vikings have played it, but... You got to try to keep as many of these good players in house as you possibly can. And then one last thing before we get into the main topic of the show, uh, I just wanted to update something uh, from from yesterday's show. If you go listen to yesterday's show, we talked a lot about possible replacements for players. Uh, and in the Anthony Barr section, I talked about C.J. Mosley as a guy that the Ravens are essentially they're going to let him walk. And he's going to be a free agent. And I went and looked into him because I thought he was really intriguing. You know, he's pass rushed a lot. And he was like a a major guy. And I liked him in the draft. He came in at kind of the same level as Eric Kendricks did. And I thought he'd be maybe an interesting guy to go pick up. So I went and looked into it. I did a Twitter thread and and I'll link it in, in the show notes. And you can kind of watch my mind change in real time. Because I went into that Twitter thread going, ooh, I can't, I'm going to go look at his film and see, you know, I want to see some exciting stuff. And what I saw was this, like, sluggish, I mean, just, like, difficult to change directions, didn't really have a top speed. Uh, you know, this guy, this kind of more, like, thumper type that, you know, can cover, like, okay, but really doesn't, like shoot through gaps or have a lot of burst or chase down quarterbacks. I I didn't see a lot of the things that made Anthony Barr so effective here in CJ Mosley. So I kind of changed my mind on him and and I don't really think that he would fill the role that the Vikings would need a guy like him to fill, you know, and and with Anthony Barr and replacing him, like think about what you really need. You need range because you need to assign him a large portion of the field so that you can do a lot of the other coverage switching stuff that Mike Zimmer does. If you're going to have somebody line up in one spot and then have to rush to get to another spot, the actual area that they can cover is a lot lower. And to make up for that, you need linebackers like Barr and like Kendricks that can get from one side of the field to the other. Anthony Barr is at his best in space, and you need another guy who's at his best in space, where I think C.J. Mosley might be at his best in traffic or, you know, in the run game, just trying to be a thumper. Um, and I just didn't see the range. I didn't see the athleticism. And then I went and looked up his combine. And sure enough, he tanked all the adri- agility drills. And then there was a thread from yesterday from a guy at PFF that I also included in my thread that just kind of sealed the deal for me. And, and I, I'm out on CJ Mosley. I, I don't think that he uh, solves the problems that are presented when you lose a guy like Anthony Barr. So that is it for all of the kind of housekeeping and news stuff that I'm going to go over today. Uh, And then I'm going to go on to the main topic, which is uh, uh, three guys that I can guarantee that they're going to be Vikings. 100% guarantee. Bet your house on it. And if I'm wrong, well, there's no accountability on the internet, so it's all going to be fine. So I can, with reckless abandon, guarantee that these three guys are going to be Vikings. Can't wait to share it with you, but I'm going to go to an ad break first, and I'll see you all in a minute.
0: masterclass or at least your time at home com slash P E R is offering 15% off. If you missed any of those, go to dot podcast.com slash offers that's locked podcast.com slash offers. Thank you very much for tuning into to lockdown podcast network. We hope to be here for you to give you a relief and a respite from all the other news. And thanks very much. Be safe and practice your social distancing.
1: All right, welcome back. So let's get to these guarantees, shall we? Enough stalling. These are guys that have certain circumstances uh, surrounding them that Phil needs, that the Vikings have shown interest in, and have properties that the Vikings have valued in the past. This isn't necessarily moves that like I would make or moves that I particularly value, but it's moves that, based on the behavior of the Vikings in the past and the rumors that we've heard, I can say with a hundred percent certainty that they will be Vikings in 2019. So get ready place your bets order your jerseys this is happening and there is no way that it isn't happening you can feel safe with me the first guy i'm going to talk about is in free agency and he fills a need that the vikings kind of have but probably won't have the resources to address with somebody with with like a more hot commodity and it's tavon austin Tavon Austin has fleeced teams in the past. He's made all of the money in the world, and I think that he has a toxicity and a poison about him that's going to mean that he doesn't command a huge market in free agency. Not to mention, you know, Randall Cobb might be entering the market kind of in his athletic prime. He's 28. Dante Moncrief, Golden Tate. There's a lot of receivers out there that are just going to be more highly valued than Tavon Austin. Tavon Austin made a ton of money uh, from the Rams and from the Cowboys and stuff, but like, He hasn't really shown anything for it, and I think teams are finally growing wise to that. But the Vikings are kind of a second wave of free agency type of team. They're the guys that get the Riley Reefs and not the Rick Wagner's or the Andrew Whitworth's. You know, they're the guys that pick up Kendall Wright and they don't get Alshon Jeffrey. And that's okay. There are pros and cons to that, right? Because they're usually getting more efficient deals. They don't get the superstars, but they don't have to pay out the nose for the superstars. And that's what's, you know, allowed them to keep this core together for as long as they have. You know, as hard as it's gotten now, it's been quite a few years. And I think some teams will probably still look at Tavon Austin as unrealized potential. As a guy with all the athleticism in the world and nothing to show for it, simply because he just, you know, hasn't had the right coaching. I mean, he's had, like, Jeff Fisher and Jason Garrett, and, you know, well, of course he's not going to succeed there, but our guys are better than those guys, so so he is going to succeed here, uh, and, and I think if you pay him, you know, a, a lot of the problems with the Rams and with the Cowboys and Tavon Austin is that they paid him to be you know a guy that touches the ball 20 times a game a guy that you know gets used like the Vikings use Dalvin Cook right now well they don't need that they just need a guy that can be a gadget player that can run a bubble screen every once in a while can be an outlet player and dangerous with the ball in his hands and if they pay him for that which I think that's the market that he's going to get, the Vikings will be happy to have him. So that's it. 100% guaranteed Tavon Austin's a Viking. Go order your jerseys on NFLshop.com. Now, the next guys, uh, the, the last two guys that I'm going to talk about here are both from the draft. So it's a little bit more concrete because we actually, uh, you know, teams are actually allowed to meet with, with pending rookies right now. They're not allowed to meet with guys like Tavon Austin or other free agents, so we have to rely a little bit more on rumor and conjecture. But this next guy is an offensive lineman. He's a late-round offensive lineman, so he's not going to be, you know, he's not Garrett Bradbury, he's not Cody Ford or any of these big-time guys that everybody's getting re- you know, myself included, you know, we're all getting really excited about. No, this is a guy kind of in the next tier. He'd be a day-three kind of pick. Uh, but he crushed the combine, especially the jumps, the vertical jump and the broad jump. And if you remember from our combine, combine preview, that's really your best gauge of, like, power. And on tape, that power shows up. So you know the Combine is not lying to you. He is a powerful interior lineman that also did well enough at the agility tests to know that he would be okay in his own scheme. The Vikings met with this guy at the Combine, and he played not too long ago with another player who is currently on the Vikings' offensive line. Can you guess who it is? Go ahead, pause. Try to think about it. I'll wait, and when you come back, go ahead and unpause. Okay, did you unpause? Are you ready? Do you have your guess? Did you guess it was Michael Jordan? Interior offensive lineman from Ohio State grew up literally in Canton. So all fun aside, yeah, he's like top, you know, 90s percentile in both of the jumps. He had uh, a good enough three cone to check the box that the Vikings usually look for in that drill. Uh, They met with him at the Combine. He played with Pat Elfline. There's all kinds of connections here, and he's a late-round pick. You know, I would have gone with somebody like Garrett Bradbury, who there's actually a lot of buzz about the Vikings taking him, specifically from John Ledyard, who was at the Combine, uh, and reporting that but, you know, there's no guarantee that somebody doesn't take him at, you know, pick 12 or whatever. But with Michael Jordan, you know, he'll be around on day three, and and the Vikings will have all the opportunity in the world to take him if they value him highly. He checks all the boxes the Vikings typically value highly, and couple that with the combine meeting and the Elf line connection, this just makes too much sense. Get your Michael Jordan jerseys, he's coming into camp. And get your jokes ready. That'll be a really fun name to make fun of over the the dregs of the offseason. Now, Michael Jordan does have some flaws. God, that's such a weird sentence. But yeah, Michael Jordan has flaws, and that's why he's going to be a late rounder. He has some pretty sloppy technique. His build isn't quite right. He has some like a lot to learn, and it's not like he's going to come in and be a starter, but I think he's a guy that will be taken kind of in the same vein as like a Danny Isadora or a Colby Cassette. One of those like late round, get some depth, just try to keep, you know, in, infusing guys into that room to keep the competition up, to make sure that nobody gets anointed with a roster spot. That's so you can kind of build depth over time. And, and after, you know, this will be the third year of like doing that kind of thing. Eventually, enough guys stick where you have a much better unit than, you know, the kind of top heavy units that happened and fell apart so quickly in like 2014 and 2015 and 2016. So the last guy on this list is somebody that had another person that just killed the combine, slayed it. It's a linebacker, an outside linebacker that the Vikings did meet with. He absolutely crushed all of the agility drills, the three-cone and the 20-yard shuttle. Those are really important, especially if you're going to try to get somebody to replace Anthony Barr. He's probably a late first, early second round type. I think that he might be able to fall to 50 if the Vikings are lucky. He's a little undersized, and otherwise he'd be a first rounder, but he's kind of rising in a linebacker group that's kind of a little bit like top heavy. You know, there's the Devin White and Devin Bush, and then there's kind of everybody else, and this guy's rising to the top of that everybody else. The Vikings have shown interest. He checks all the boxes. Uh, I'm talking about Cody Barton out of Utah. He is kind of checking all of the boxes that CJ Mosley didn't check for me earlier in the show and, and earlier today, that the day I'm recording this, uh, when I was doing that Twitter thread. You know, he has that range. He has that ability to line up on the line of scrimmage and then back off into coverage and actually like jump a route that is designed to beat the blitz you know that that's the kind of thing that anthony barr could do that a guy like cj mosley can't do and that's why you need somebody with that that high tested athleticism um there were some concerns on tape about his functional athleticism and and i don't think that a good combine score like really alleviates those concerns entirely because like you know trust what you see on tape of course but a lot of that was with size and with getting, you know, washed out in run plays and stuff. And that's not really something that's stopped the Vikings in the past. They've had a lot of success with undersized players at their position. And Eric Kendricks is supposed to be undersized. Uh, Eric Wilson is way undersized, fell all the way out of the draft because of it. And they've had a lot more success with guys like that versus guys like, you know, Emmanuel Lamour who's this huge linebacker. Uh, they've had more success with the undersized, but, you know, guys who can still play football and and even if they're way smaller than alignment, they can still get around them and they're technically savvy enough to not put themselves in a position where it's strength versus strength, where they know they'll lose. Now, the downside here is that he's not really, because of all of these size issues and this kind of functional athleticism stuff, as a pass rusher, it's kind of worrisome. You know, Anthony Barr, when he was coming out of the draft, was pegged as like a 3-4 outside linebacker, a guy who, like, should pass rush more than he covers, uh, but that's not how the Vikings really used him. And there's actually an awesome... uh, article at uh, there was a Packers blog I was reading that actually did a great film breakdown of Anthony Barr as like a possible free agent for them uh and I was talking to somebody about Barr and, and I, I found that I'll link it in the show notes, but it basically shows Anthony Barr as like every time he actually lines up at edge and has to go up against a tackle, it never really turns out well. And I think that's why the Vikings never put him at edge. And I think Cody Barton would be kind of a commitment to that, to a guy that's like, you're gonna blitz a lot, but you're not gonna be a pass rusher. You're not gonna be, you know, we're not gonna put you in with the D line drills and stuff. Uh and so you can once again guarantee it. Cody Barton, get your football cards, get one signed. He is going to be a Viking and and Cody and Tavon and Michael Jordan. I will see you all in August. Guaranteed. No doubt about it. But uh, yeah, that's going to do it for this uh, little segment. Um, I will step away to a quick ad break. And then I'm actually going to, because we have time to, uh, I'm going to try a mock draft where I get these guys and kind of try to see what this scenario would look like. What would a draft look like uh, with these guys in it? Uh, And I'm going to do it live. I'm just going to turn on the mic and and turn on the mock draft. And I I did this once before. It turned out kind of fun. So we'll see how it goes. But first, quick ad break, and then I will come back. See you guys in a minute. Okay, we are back. Hope you enjoyed the break. So I am currently setting up a Vikings mock draft on the DraftNetwork.com. I'm going to use their predictive board, which is kind of like a living draft board that uh, I think responds in real time more to, like, the community's opinions on things we're gonna do all seven rounds because we're not cowards Uh, i'm going to pick fast speed so that this works for the purposes of audio content and away we go holy crap i think josh allen went first overall uh that is buck wild but we are coming to the vikings pick here at 18 real quick yeah no nick bosa went first overall i was just seeing it wrong devin white went top five that's amazing cody ford is gone andre dillard is gone jonah williams is gone uh ed oliver went one pick in front of me that would have been absolutely amazing but here is our options we're just going to kind of talk through this in real time garrett bradbury is there i'm looking at that that looks amazing to me uh Noah offense is also there tj hawkinson's gone i think he went to the packers in this oh god what a nightmare uh and kill harry is here greedy williams is here um i am working because we're working the scenario we just talked about since you know we're guaranteed i mean we're getting tavon austin so i'm not gonna go for a wide receiver a skill player in the first one because i mean we just got tavon austin right so i'm actually gonna go with garrett bradbury uh and i think in most mock drafts i'm gonna take him when he's there I'm, i'm a huge fan of this kid I don't care that he plays center and that it would, you know, create a redundancy with Pat Elphine. He could figure that out in August, see who moves better over to guard, see what combination works out better. Uh, It'll be a cost, but I don't think it'll be a big enough cost to justify passing on a guy like Bradbury that just is so perfect for your scheme and so perfect for what Kubiak's trying to do. I just think it would be a slam dunk pick, it would be very safe, it would be uh, something that, you know, there's not many scenarios where that blows up in your face, because Bradbury's tape is really good as well. So I think we're sitting here at 50, and Cody Barton is definitely still here. On the predictive board, he is number 333, uh, which disagrees with some of the other draft stuff that I have been looking at, some... Of those things see him as like a second round type player but because this board is gonna let me get him later i am gonna wait till later i'm gonna take somebody else interesting here uh right now i'm actually looking at marquise brown and debo samuel uh debo samuel did meet with the vikings they met with him at the senior bowl he was their only senior bowl meeting though so i wonder if that was one of those things because like debo samuel samuel really lit up the senior bowl and I wonder if the Vikings were like, all right, this kid's good. Let's meet with him here right now while he's hot and let's see what's up with him. Uh, but they weren't planning on meeting with anything else there or anything like that. Uh, there's also Irv Smith Jr. He's a tight end that I've looked at sometimes um, and a whole bunch of defensive backs. But I think I'm going to go uh, with Debo Samuel. If Tavon Austin doesn't work out, I think that can be a nice addition uh, to the wide receiver core and and kind of ensure that that like, gadget player type is there. And I actually think he'll be really good in the red zone too. I love the way he releases off of the line. So we have a little bit of time here while we wait for the pick to come around. So I think I would love to take another tackle. I would love to take uh, another offensive player. We still need a linebacker, but I'm kind of waiting on Cody Barton. And I think he'll still be around. Uh, So I think that we can be a little bit more aggressive about position like we can kind of go with wherever we want to go here Uh, i'm looking at tyree jackson and i think that's just weird enough to work um the vikings do probably need another backup quarterback i think they should draft somebody in the middle rounds as a backup quarterback to try and like shore up the future because right now you know they have kirk cousins under contract for the next two years and unless you extend him which is not something you should take as a given the only other guy under contract is kyle Sloder, who you also should not take as a given at all so adding somebody to that room is really important and unless you want to just re-sign trevor simeon and stick with the status quo you should probably try to improve i'm also looking at michael dieter uh riley ridley is another wide receiver but we just took one so that doesn't make a lot of sense There's a few tight ends, but again, we just took a pass rusher. So yeah, I'm going to pull the trigger. I'm going to take Tyree Jackson and say that, you know, there's our developmental guy. That is our our backup plan. If Kirk doesn't work out, you have Tyree Jackson to take over the reins with kind of two years of grooming under his belt. That feels like a pretty nice plan at the receiver position. So going on the rumors, I'm going to also treat this as a scenario where Sheldon Richardson returned. Uh, I am now at pick number 120. I'm in the fourth round. I'm looking at a whole bunch of running backs. I don't think that's very important right now. So I am going to dig up one of my guarantees and a guy that I know the Vikings are very interested in, and I am going to select with this pick, if the thing will let me, I'm going to select Michael Jordan. And now we have a little bit of time while we wait for it to cycle through uh, the fifth round, which the Vikings don't have a pick in the fifth round. But I think in the sixth, I'm just going to not screw around. I'm going to take another one of my guarantees in Cody Barton. I don't think in real life he will be available. I think he had too good of a combine. And I think there's too many teams that are interested in rangy linebackers like that for him to be there. But I'm taking advantage of what I knew the board was going to do and kind of being uh, a little bit cheeky about it. So I am going to wait until the Vikings pick here in the it'll be in the sixth round picks coming up shouldn't take too much longer Uh, and then take cody barton and then we have our guarantees and it is a good thing that we got that far because the uh, mock drafter has frozen for me right after i talked about how good of a ui it was but it's okay we were only down to uh the final picks where i'm usually not that familiar with the names anyways i'm not that deep into the draft yet so we'll call it there Uh, and we won't have to go through the whole seven-round thing. But I think that's a pretty good haul. We do have a little time to just stop and reflect. We got our interior offensive line shored up with Garrett Bradbury and a little depth in Michael Jordan. We got Debo Samuel to help out the offense. Uh, We got Cody Barton to replace possibly Anthony Barr uh, at a completely unrealistic position for him. And, of course, Tyree Jackson shoring up that quarterback room, uh, which gives us a little bit of an insurance policy against something going wrong with Kirk Cousins or us just deciding we don't want to extend him. We'd have a quarterback who's been groomed for two years entering his third, and I think that level of insurance is probably worth a third-round pick, even if you don't end up seeing him on the field. It's quarterback, you know, it's hard to spend too much. So, that's going to do it for this episode of Locked on Vikings. I apologize again for the thing not working. I think it probably just isn't that compatible with the iPad that I record these podcasts on Uh, So a little peek behind the curtain there. Uh, So again, sorry about that. But we did get through the meat of it and through all of the, the parts that I think most people are usually familiar with. Uh, But we will do more mock drafts in the future. We will uh, add mock drafts to some of the mock off seasons we've done in the past. Not doing that today. I'm also trying to get a really cool guest onto the show. Uh, So get hype for that. But for now, this has been Locked on Vikings. Thank you all so much for listening. You can find me on Twitter at NFL, and you can yell at me. About how bad that draft was, you can find the show on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. You can always find the show wherever you listen to podcasts, or you can just yell at your smart device and say, "Tell it to play podcast Locked On Vikings." It all works out. Thank you all so much again for listening. And skull. Hey, Locked
0: On Minnesota listeners, this is Tony Abbott here to tell you about the brand new Locked On Wild podcast, where my co-host Joe Bully and I break down the Minnesota Wild every single day. How can you listen? Just search for Lockdown Wild in your favorite podcast app and subscribe to bring Lockdown Wild to your device every day.